0: This is an op-ed written in the Arkansas, Arkansas State Press, 17th of July, 1953, by Islanda Good-Robeson. Uh, it was called, uh, Senator McCarthy Called Me. I was at home in Enfield, minding my own business, working very hard on an article about Mau Mau. When the McCarthy Senate Investigation Committee ordered me to appear before it in Washington, D.C. The committee said it had called me because two of my books, Paul Robeson Negro and African Journey, are in the American Overseas Library, and therefore they have to find out whether or not I am or ever was a communist. I should have thought books would be chosen for what was inside them, not for what somebody may have said about the author. The committee asked me what my name was and if I was married to Paul Robeson. I said I was, and I was very proud of it. They asked me if I had written African Journey all by myself, or did someone help me to write it. I said, do you think because I am a Negro and a a woman I can't write a book all by myself? Of course, if I had any help on the book, I would have formally acknowledged such help in a foreword as all honest writers do. I said I was insulted by the question. They asked me if I had gotten any royalties from the book. I said yes a lot. They wanted to know if I had contributed any of said royalties to the Communist Party. I said I had taken the royalties and gone to Africa. They asked me if I was a member of the Communist Party when I wrote the book. Was I a member now? Under protection given me by the 5th and 15th Amendments of the Constitution of the United States, I refused to answer these questions. The 15th Amendment stopped them cold. It had never been used before in these hearings. They said I couldn't use it. I said the committee was very white, and I am a Negro, and therefore I need the 15th Amendment. The chairman carefully explained to me that all citizens who testify before this committee were equal, white and black, Catholic and Jew, etc., etc. You know, that old American party line. But I insisted that as a Negro in these United States, I was discriminated against and treated like a second-class citizen. Therefore, I needed the 15th as well as the Fifth Amendment. The chairman said the committee was all white because there are no Negro senators. I said that was part of the discrimination. The chairman said no, it was because the voters did not elect Negro senators. I said that the bulk of the Negro people are in the South, where force and violence prevent the Negro people from voting freely or at all. The committee asked me if it was not true that my husband and I had stated that we wanted our son to be educated in the Soviet Union. I said that we had both said that we would try to give him the very best education we could get from anywhere, and we had tried to do so. He has spent most of his 27 years here in the United States, 11 years in England, and on the continent, one and a half years in the Soviet Union. One and a half out of 27 They asked me if I had taken out citizenship papers in the Soviet Union. Never. If my husband had ever said he'd rather live in the Soviet Union than anywhere else in the world, I said, why don't you ask him? They asked me if I thought the Soviet government was better than the United States government. I said I thought the Constitution and the Bill of Rights of the USA are simply marvelous, and I had been working most of my life to have them implemented for the Negro people. They asked me if I do not think the Communist Party teaches and advocates the overthrow of the United States government by force and violence. I said as a Negro, I knew a lot about force and violence used against my Negro people in this country and that I never knew of any communist who used it. They asked me if I did not think uh, there were some white people in this country who wanted to help me win my first class citizenship. I said yes, I appreciated it very much. I thought there were too few of them, they were not effective enough, and it wasn't going fast enough, because Negroes are still second-class citizens. The chairman then asked me if I would not agree that Negroes had made progress in slavery. I said no. I thought they had gone backwards in comparison with progress made by other peoples of the world. Way back in my grandfather's time, there were Negroes in the United States Senate. Now there were none. During that period, there were 22 Negro congressmen, and now there are two. Grandfather himself was the Secretary of State and Secretary of the Treasury of the state of South Carolina during Reconstruction. Now there are no top-level Negro state officials in the United States. And people in many other parts of the world who were in colonial slavery are now free and independent. Mr. Nakumra, a West African Negro, is the Prime Minister of Ghana. I believe the state the Senate Investigation Committee has no right to ask me my personal these personal questions about my private opinions, thoughts, and beliefs. i said so clearly and emphatically. I resent the inference that my work and my life... Uh, <coughs> I, re- I resent inference with my work and my life. I am now going back home to finish the article on Mau Mau and to continue my work for first-class citizenship. For the implementation of the Constitution of these United States plus all its amendments for all citizens and to work for peace and friendship with the people and the people I choose, not some prejudiced people who choose for me. It may be said that I did not cooperate with the Senate committee. When the Senate cooperates with me and the Negro people to the extent of ensuring our first-class citizenship, then I will be able to give it first-class cooperation in carrying out legitimate Senate business. I believe the real purpose of the McCarthy committee and all the other congressional committees prying into people's politics and preferences is to scare the people into silence so that there will be no real fight for equal rights, equal jobs, full voting rights and the end to all segregation and discrimination. Congressional committee or no congressional committee, I'm going to keep on fighting and I believe the whole American people will too. Uh, we're here in the Highlands Bunker. You know what's happening. Carl is here. Uh, Bill Martin is here as well, sitting in. And back by popular demand, uh, the one and the only, the man, the myth, the legend, local historian, Sil Wolford. Sil, how are you? I'm doing great and doing better from having listened to you read that. Oh, well, thank you. Um, well, I, we want to talk a little bit about Robeson and then talk about some other stuff that I have planned um, I, I definitely want to give people a little teaser uh, about um, some of your work being, uh, <clears throat> being housed on the Internet in a one-stop shop and how it's going to uh, sort of seg with our work. And um, I also saw a picture of a new, um, I guess, part of the park and museum in Iron Hill uh, that opened uh, about African-American history. And there's a, there's a ribbon cutting, and I scanned to the right of the picture. I said, who's the big guy over there?" I know that guy. So I want to ask you about the Iron Hill thing too, sure. but uh but first things first, um Paul Robeson, you, you hit me up after we talked um a month or so ago about Robeson specifically. What after being here, what 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 kind of like what motivated you to pick him and say so I want to go talk to Rob about Robeson?
1: Well the picture of Karl Marx are we got? Yeah, there's
0: there's, there's <laughs> Lennon's there, Marx is over there. <laughs> I mean, you there's, you moved him. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, made the connection, but I, I have an MBA from Rutgers University, and and uh, Ropes graduated obviously graduated from Rutgers University, and I have always wanted to tell his story, and and in order to tell Robeson's story, you have to clean him up, and and I hadn't done enough research to clean him up when I, when I and, when you and, mean and, when
0: you say clean him up, you mean
1: from the from the red smears? Is that what you mean? Yes. Okay. Well, obviously I'm. I'm as, again, you said in, in, in the article, you read, I'm an American. <laughs> right. Okay. And and I'm not a communist. Okay. So in order to uh, make, uh, clean up uh, Robeson's Americanism, because he, he had as... Again, you read these articles, he had a lot of privileges. He was, uh, you know, All-American from yeah. Rutgers. He had a law degree from Columbia University. He was in the first uh,
0: black play on Broadway. Yeah, uh, so let's sh- let's get into a little bit of the background, because I want to start at the beginning, uh, because I, I actually think part of the cleaning up has to do with, actually, like, one thing specifically, but we'll get to that. Um, so Robeson uh, was... Was born in New Jersey to a to a middle class family, as you said. To a, I mean, relative relative to that time, a privileged family, but a, a, a sort of a mixed uh, background of a family. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talked about that a little bit because I found that very interesting. I
1: didn't know that. Well, he's born in Prince Prince in New Jersey, uh, and and uh, obviously was extremely uh, well educated. Uh, his father came out of slavery. We we again are back in that period where um, you know this transition. From from uh, you know slavery to to, to freedom, um, so uh, the family was in that that period of transition and had made it successful, and 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 Robson had given the tools to go on and be be, be successful, and, and he proved himself to be gifted, uh, and and so with every opportunity that was available uh, to him. He took advantage of it and, 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 and moved it to the next level. Uh, getting scholarships to Rutgers, being a, a, a All-American football player, being uh, Phi Beta Kappa, being, you know, all of the what you would call hurdles out there. He just jumped over them, okay? Uh, and, and, again, had such incredible talent, you know, the voice was just a, an incredible talent to Yeah, so
0: here we got a guy who is young guy, 20, or whatever, who has uh, this beautiful singing voice and acting ability. He is an all-American uh, football player at Rutgers who then plays in the in the early NFL basically professionally for for several years. He scored like 9 or 10 NFL touchdowns. You could look it up. Mm-hmm. But at, while he's playing in the NFL, He's getting a law degree, so he did those two things together. I mean, just to think about that, and and also to think about what the travel was like in whatever 1925, whatever sure. it was. Yeah, um, yeah that, I mean, it's just it's such a it's such an amazing accomplishment. Uh, it's almost like you can't believe it. Just sure.
2: Columbia's football team to play, or I guess he was at Rutgers, but he went to law school. I think at Columbia. Sure. Just imagine like Columbia to Fordham, the bus ride. Oh my God, back then, <laughs> just to play a football game, yeah. me a sure. break. Sure.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's 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 almost like, and and he was he was a, a bigger you know big guy, a football player. He's just a larger guy. He's a larger than life character. You can't when you when you just read about his early life, you really can't believe somebody was able to accomplish all this. And and then he wrote. He
1: runs across folks who, again, are bigger than life. Uh, Josephine Baker, okay? It, for all of us who know and love Josephine Baker, uh, she was in Shuffle Along with him in 1921, which is when this play was on Broadway, and she ended up in in, um, in France and became, again, an incredible entertainer over in France. And again, he, he was uh, in New York City, uh, during the Harlem Renaissance, so he was running into uh, 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 Duke Ellington and 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 Lionel Hampton, and he was running into James Baldwin, and 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 so he was running into these incredible African American historic figures who were part of the Harlem Renaissance, and and you get into and again I'm doing my research. Uh, the Communist Party had an incredible impact on the African-American community at this particular time because as was was uh, stated by uh, uh, Robeson's wife, you know although Robson was be- became a millionaire he still couldn't go in a restaurant okay he still couldn't get a hotel room he couldn't do what would be called normal things and this was his incredible impression about Russia when when he went to Russia all of the artists and entertainment entertainers came out to see him and he he was still when i come to america the white you know movie stars and and dancers and singers they ignore me but i'm over here with the boy short valet." and 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 so he was impressed that he was embraced you know by these fellow artists and and he spoke languages and he 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 again could sing in Russian and and sing folk music in Russian. He had such an incredible mind.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Baldwin too, and I feel like there's a touch because he Baldwin had a similar experience in France. But any any anywhere you go, I mean, <clears throat> coming from a Jim Crow um, oppression, disenfranchisement, segregation, even if you're. You know, as you mentioned, uh, a huge Broadway uh, singer and an actor, and then an early motion picture actor, famous motion picture actor. Um, he's still being treated like as um, uh, like a second class citizen, and then you go somewhere else and you're just treated like a regular person. It's or or in, in Robeson's case, like a, like the star that he was. Um, you can get very um, that, that's that's a fascinating concept to live like a like a like the person that you are. So I always thought the first and foremost there uh, was that, but then again, the political message would resonate with somebody, you know, in the Harlem Renaissance, who's like, why are we living like this? Why do we have a constitution? As 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 the op-ed said, how do we have how do we have these 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 delineated rights, but they don't apply to me? But then you see other places where they do it different, and actually some of this stuff does apply to you, and so you you it's very easy to be like, well, this is bullshit, and and just, and just sort of go with it. So. Yeah, do you want to talk a little bit about how he, how he ended up in the Soviet Union and what that experience was like because um uh, this is where I think this is where I think the 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 issue comes in and I don't really think it's World War 2 necessarily. I think it's something else, but maybe you can talk a little bit about it and then we'll chat about how you um how you felt about doing this research knowing that it's um controversial in some fashion. Absolutely. Um
1: Robson went to uh, Russia for the ter- first time in 1934. But we have to go back to 1932. In 1932, um, Russia invited uh, somewhere around 25, 26 African American artists to make a movie over in Russia. So 25, 26 folks went o- over to Russia. The, the, uh, the movie was black and called Black and White or some, something, which was going to expose racism uh, in America uh for many reasons, probably political reasons, the movie never got made, but it exposed uh, African Americans to this this r- Russian culture and to this open arm arms of Russia to, um, to to opening up basically the restaurants, the theaters, the whatever to to African Americans with open open arms. And two years after that, uh, Robeson went to uh, Russia and, and he prepared for it meaning again that he studied Russian for a couple of years this is in, in one of the articles he's preparing to go to right. Russia and he's learning Russian because he wants to be able to communicate with them uh, and so uh, you know he got there and and you know open arms again in terms of that they wanted to, to hear Othello we're, we're back to he had many characters that he portrayed but othello was one that translated into uh the russian culture so uh he came back and he be, began to make and and we get into anti-american i mean we are they don't teach us normally they only teach us in college to be able to uh, make a rational comparison between capitalism and Marxism and socialism. We don't, we don't go deep into it. We just assume we are capitalist and we're going to stay here. Uh, and we don't look at other countries and see how, um, you know, socialism or capitalism uh, or communism is working. We. We, again, condemn Cuba, which is offshore. I'm not sure Cuba is a good example of anything, okay, but but we say, hey, you know, if you don't like it here, the Cubans have, you know, communism over there, or we look at Venezuela well, or other South American countries that are flirting with socialism and communism, and so... I love that flirting.
0: Yeah. I, hope, I hope some. Of, I hope. I hope some of them get to go all the way. I swipe. right. <laughs> yeah. I, hope, I, I hope. I hope some of them get to go all the way on that oh, one. Wow. Well, they. They. Uh, see, my, my my thing on Cuba. I give. I actually rate Cuba because of the, especially after the fall of the Soviet Union, but even before, being under a complete embargo, and a complete. Uh, you know, blockade, for lack of a better term. Uh, and to be able to sustain at least the idea of what they were trying to do, mm-hmm. sort of like, you know, uh, they send their doctors all over the world. Sure. They, they made their own COVID vaccine. It's mm-hmm. just as sure. good as the one. It's it's great. It has the same efficacy as the one we all took here. Um, so there's something to it. You know, the literacy rate went from you know five to ten 10% percent to hundred percent in sure. in in a generation, mm-hmm. so there's something to it. Um, and and I think Cuba is actually a good example of that. I mean, when you just look at it, obviously, but but that that development, the infrastructure development, and the you know the the economy, such as it is, is I think is a product of basically being shunned by the rest of the world for fifty years. Let, let me
1: get. Let me not get too off track. Okay. So, yeah, we're getting off track. Well, oh, well no, no, I'm going to take. I'm going to take you really off track, but hold where we are. Got you. One of the most incredible uh, uh, research projects that I did was the history of the Spanish Empire. Okay, and and again, as we know, Columbus came over and he was flying the flag of Spain, and we ignore, you know, S- Central America and South America and the Caribbean. That we we just. We teach them as just them, okay. But but the uh, Spanish conquistadors, the Spanish conquerors, came over and conquered that part of the world. Um, they ended. We 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 the English, we the British, whoever we are, okay, um, isolated the Spanish to their last, you know, bastion, which was Cuba. They were still doing sugar, and they were still making money in Cuba. And, and the society, okay, was, to get to the point that I'm trying to get to, uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was not racial, okay? The, 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 there was a, a, a sense of the equality of the race races in the society, okay? When the Spanish left, the Americans went in, and introduce racism to Cuba, <laughs> okay? And so you have to begin to uh, uh, look at the, and, and again, this is the Robeson story too. W- w- was Ro- Robeson moving towards Marxism and capitalism or was he moving against racism? And you're able to see this incredible picture of the Americans going into Cuba after they chased the Spanish out and said black folks, you know, can't come into this restaurant. Black folks can't come into this hotel. And the Cubans were going nuts, okay, because it was, you know, against their normal. Their, uh, their, the Castro is is buried in this gigantic square against, uh, 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 in front of a guy who was uh, the the bronze... Warrior or something like that. He was a black guy, okay, who fought in one of the many Cuban revolutionary wars, and he's you know on a horse in the square, and Castro is there with him, and so we end up with with, with um, having to re-understand race and racism, and 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 Cuba gives us another model to be able to because comp- we are we learn stuff. When we bounce our society off other societies and say, would this work? Does this work? Is this a racial issue or an economic issue or, or whatever?" And there's a lot that can be, and I'll just say, I learned a lot. Okay, when I compared the Cuban society to the American society, and, and even under again today's society, today's Cuban society, supposedly. And I can't haven't been there. Don't know. Okay, race and racism is not an issue.
0: Yeah, I don't think. I mean, from what I understand, the, the what we what we would call sort of like identity issues, race, uh, sexual orientation, this and that. They don't really have that. They're they're pretty. And you would actually think that that it would it, it wouldn't be because some some of the more like. Uh, you know, so there are places where they're not as uh, progressive in that sure. n- nature, but from what I understand, Cuba is 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 uh, still, you know, still still uh, rides like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, that's that's my understanding. Sure. But I mean, it is a good point. I think, you know, was you know when when I sit here and talk about you know Marxism and communism, I'm talking about an economic thing. Sure. I'm talking about a way, to, but but for someone who felt. Um, just second-class citizenship so acutely that the perspective isn't necessarily like an economic thing. It's just like I just want to live my life, sure. And this this way seems sure. this way seems to be affording me that opportunity.
1: And and again, doing research now, that was the question that I was always asking when I was researching Ro- Robeson. Was he again looking at the society and saying? racism and, and capitalism uh are, are killing me or was he drawn to the economic, the capitalism the, the the communism, the Marxist. And I never I never uh found him saying, I'm I'm willing to give up my millions of dollars or my ability to make millions of dollars, okay? And and, you know, be, be in a society where literally everyone is treated equal uh, both in terms of relationships and and, and in terms of economics.
2: So uh, I just had a quick question about sure. like Paul Robeson and celebrity maybe prior to 1934 or 36 what you're talking about. Like I don't is there I don't mean to make like a lazy analog to today but he probably had ideas of racism, capitalism, his career going through his head prior to going to Europe. Do you have Can you expand on that at all? And is there like a modern day analog? Uh, Would it be someone like Will Smith or LeBron James, or was he was his notoriety or popularity more restricted to like kind of the Northeast corridor where we are? The only comparison
1: is is Muhammad Ali with the same results. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful.
2: I think that's a good one. That's great. Yeah.
1: Muhammad Ali was making millions of dollars, and he was the the face known around the world, and he was in. Africa and where, wherever. And, and for ideological reasons, he said, I'm not fighting those folks for the same racist issue. I mean, it was the same, the the quote from Muhammad Ali said, those folks ever over there never called me the N word. I mean, this, this was <laughs> Muhammad Ali was, was a racial issue. Uh, and, and so again, it's, it's, it's the ropes and, Issue where these guys are giving up millions and the opportunity to give millions over again being accepted in the society. Okay, and and, and Muhammad Ali basically, his personality, always wanted to be embraced, but he saw race, you know, as this incredible barrier. And 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 Robeson also saw race as this incredible barrier. Uh, and again, within their minds, they had to give up everything, okay, to say, wait a minute, you know, I know I'm making money, I know I'm happy, I know I should be happy, but this thing, you know, we got to fix it, okay? Uh, and, and again, that's the comparison, and, 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 and folks reach, reach that, and, and, and lesser folks you know, in today's society, and you walked away from banks for different reasons, but there are right. there are black folks who, who say, you know, I no longer want to deal with the white society. You know, I want to go off and, and do my own thing and be happy,
0: which is the issue. Yeah. Okay? I, I, last sort of, like, interesting tidbit that I picked up on, and I don't know how much... You, I I know it's in your material, but I don't know how much other detail you can um, add to it. You know, we have a sort of a cultural, and and this is ongoing. It's not new. It's not old. It'll happen. It happened yesterday. It'll happen tomorrow. It happened today. About sort of like old art being changed. I saw that Raoul Dahl, the British uh, writer Raoul Dahl, some of the text of of that work has been altered in a way to make it less sort of offensive to the to the present uh, sensibility, say. Um, and people obviously completely lose their shit about that. You can't change, it cannot be changed. It's, you have to say the word because that's it, which is stupid, but we have to deal with it. Robeson himself dealt with this because obviously, uh, you know, he had that big bass baritone voice. He was a famous spiritual singer, but he he was a he was also famous for interpretation. And so he was in these plays that used these old songs. But some of them, like Old Man River and others, had sort of, uh, th- you know, racist sure. lyrics. Sure. And so he would reinterpret them and change them um, in, in ways, and sing them that way, and that kind of became the way that you sang them, because he did it. And so I just sound I found that parallel very interesting, um, that, you know, he took it upon himself to be, like, I'm, he's the guy who sings, he's known for these songs on Broadway and in the movies, and so I'm going to reinterpret them in a way that um, doesn't, is not demeaning or insulting to me, basically. And uh, I just found that a, it was a very interesting thing because that's something that we argue about. Again, I saw the raul Dahl story what, this week or last week or something like that. Well, he made a movie, and I think it was
1: the last movie he ever made, and it was the with the big Hollywood stars. Okay, I forget the name of the movie. But after he made the movie, and after he saw the movie, he trashed it because he said, I didn't like the way black folks were depicted. So wait a minute, Paul... You were the you were the black folks being depicted in the movie. <laughs> so how how could you not like the way black folks were depicted in the movie? Uh, and and again, this is uh, 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 the stress that was in his life, where again uh, he wanted to be he wanted to be loved, you know, and and he got that love from from uh, from Russia. And he went through country by country. One of the articles he went through country by country and said, "Well, I don't like France, and I don't like Italy, and I don't like this Russia." Okay, was was just for him this this incredible uh, awakening and this incredible, you know, this is this is where I belong
0: type of experience. Um, well, we're going to be able at the end of this. We're going to sort of talk about some of the projects that we're working on, because I think some of this ropes and work is going to go up on that platform because we're going to have news for, for you, dear listener. Um, there's going to be a lot of uh, history stuff going up on the Internet uh, very soon uh, that you're going to enjoy, and some of this ropes and stuff is going to be there too. Before we talk about that, I just wanted to ask you a general question about local history, because that's what we're talking about uh, for the most part. So I, I mentioned that um, I saw you in the photo of the opening of the uh, the Iron Hill African-American Trail and Museum. I I don't remember the exact uh, word. Um, and and I know, like, it couldn't be more local for you. That's that's your, that's I mean, you're from there in more ways than you could probably even articulate. So we were on a session this afternoon with Dale Norwood and, at the University of Delaware. Uh, Professor Metro and Hal Weitzman, who wrote this book about Delaware. Now, Hal Weitzman's an interesting character. Um, he is uh, from Wales. He lived for over 10 years. He was a Financial Times correspondent. He was based in Peru, uh, but he was the South American correspondent for the Financial Times. And he was talking about how weird it was in Delaware to write this. Book about the corporate franchise, but it has a lot of history of the corporate franchise. So there's, and as Dale pointed out, it's a very, it's a, piece, it's a work of history as well to sort of explain how all of these machinations got to be this way. And one of the things he said was he was so surprised because in a place like Bolivia, he uses an example: if you write a story about the news in Bolivia, the financial news or bank, anything you're writing for Financial Times. And somebody says, Why did this happen? They'll, they'll say, Well, you have to go back to the, 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 the Spanish conquistadors. You know, you had to, until now. And so he would always have to write a line in his stuff to, to at least give credit to, like, oh, there's a history here. He would go back. He's like, You go to Delaware, and people are like, No, everything started today. We didn't have slaves. We were Switzerland in the, in the, in the Civil War. We, we didn't this. We didn't, this is the way we do stuff. And, we're supposed to forget about how we all got here.
2: We're just talking where you went to high school today. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah that's all, yeah, that's we all to, we're uh, talking about. Right. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and
0: so this morning, seeing you in that photo standing on Iron Hill, where your family's been for over 200 years in that general vicinity, uh, and then hearing Hal tell that story about how people in Delaware do not want to face any kind of like what happened yesterday, 10 years ago, 50 years ago, 200 years ago. They're very um, almost like predisposed to shut their ears to it. And since you personally have been doing that work with, you know, in that environment, I wondered if you had like something to say about that dynamic because you must run into it all the time Uh, because you're, you're, you know, not only are you a historian, but you're in the community, you're, you're doing, you're, you're at community events and you're meeting people out and doing stuff in libraries and on public access TV and all that stuff, podcasts. So, yeah, this must be something you run into all the time. I almost got beaten up
1: over in Iron Hill, okay? And the reason why I got beaten up in Iron Hill is because of my research in Iron Hill, or my research in that area, it's the Cooch's Bridge, Iron Hill area. And I found, the though, the first... Uh, black woman who was free in that area and I found her manumission papers Uh, and her manumission papers um, gave this lady's name and the lady's name was a Swedish name and I found that that this name showed up in the manifest of the Calmar Nickel it all checks out I ran into a guy over at Iron Hill that said, "Get out of here." I said, "What?" Your research is bad. Notice this, he didn't say it was wrong. He said, yeah, Said it was exactly. bad. He didn't say yeah. it was. He never said it was inaccurate. <laughs> well, the issue is that we all know the Swedes didn't own slaves. Who did? No. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who's we? Who's we in this? <laughs> we we was he. The right, guy, right, 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 right. The guy over there was actually the guy who had been the person to welcome the Swedish king and queen at the three hundred and fiftieth anniversary of the Swedes landing at landing at Swedes landing. He was this guy. He was, you know, the guy who welcomed the king and queen. And so part of the you ruined this guy's day. <laughs> <laughs> I I ruined his history. That's for sure. Okay, that you know, part of the I'd call it mythology. The Swedes didn't own slaves. Okay, the Swedes were above that. It was the
0: Dutch and the English. So, so that 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 guy. Did, I mean, how did that end? Did you just have to be like, okay, I'm just gonna have to leave? I I. Of, of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of course, I left.
1: And let me give you another Iron Hill story. Okay? The folks who were running the Iron Hill Museum back then. Okay. What year, they, what year is this about? Oh, uh, we're back when I first got started, 2008. So this is probably 2010. Again, I told you I did my, uh, uh, my research on my family and pasted them back to 2010. So... Person for the Iron Hill community said, Well, you found the origin of your family in 1810. Can you find the origin of the African American community in, in, in Iron Hill? Wouldn't it be because they're over here at the Iron Hill Museum? Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to know when the first blacks came in to to, to Iron Hill? And and he found he, out. Well, he said to me, uh, okay, write up a proposal. So I said, okay, I'll write a proposal. And the proposal said, give me $35,000 and I will trace the families who came to, Iron black families who came to Iron Hill to uh, work at the iron mine. It was an iron deposit right. and they wanted free blacks to come in. And previously there, there were uh, iron mines all over Pennsylvania which were slave mines. You could get killed, you know, mining iron. So they didn't want a slave plantation. They didn't want to Slave mining company. They wanted uh, free blacks to come in there, and they, in eighteen forty-one, they gave them a school, and and so the guy said to me again, again, uh, can you do the research? I said no problem. Thirty-five thousand dollars. So he said, uh, you know, we really don't like it. Redo your proposal, and I came back and I said thirty-five thousand dollars, and he said, do you, do it one more time, and I said okay. okay? (laughs) I like grinding. I I (laughs) love your negotiation tactics. He finally said, I'll give you $500. He said, I'll give you $500. Show me what you can do for $500. Well, in doing this kind of research, okay, this is 1841, okay? So you're uh,
0: researching the first school that's built there.
1: And very good. The first school was was a um, a a a company school. Okay. The Whitaker Iron Company, which was a big company, part of it was over in in Elkton at Elk's Landing, and you know they had been around these. This family had been around mining iron all over Pennsylvania and Maryland, et cetera, et cetera. And and they came into Delaware and bought the iron mine and began uh, 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 mining iron. And so I went over there with my methodologies. And my methodologies, again, uh, lean more towards land records rather than census records because, uh, because the the again, the censuses did not give you complete information. I could get, you know, all kinds of information off of a land deed that I can't get out of the census records. So I came up with uh, three black folks who bought 50 acres of land in Iron Hill, which was the black community. I came up with them breaking off a piece of the land for for the church. Uh, and then I came up with the land deeds for, for other black families who had bought land around them. So I had about six or seven deeds of, of, of three guys buying it, and then they... Uh, sold it they split it up and sold it to each other and then they put up the uh, deed to the church and 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 then other families moved in and i took all of this information to him and he said what street was it on and i said this is 1841
2: out A street yet, what, it was a, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, it was uh, well, so it is,
0: 273. It was a huge, it was a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're <laughs> talking about wagons. <laughs> this
1: is this is 273. He uh, said, I said, they didn't have there were no surveys, yeah. there it was a dust no, cloud. They're on the streets, <laughs> they they use like rocks, they said, from. One rock north over to the lake and six trees. and Yeah, and reading that...
2: those
0: old land deeds, because w- you, you helped out uh, one of our, like somebody who's doing work for us, a student, Samara Moore. I mentioned your name this week. But we were going over some land deeds in Kent County. And it's, yeah, it's like if you, t- if you go 50 paces from the stone at the corner here and you do, do southeast, I mean, it's not, there's, no, there's no street addresses.
1: Well, well, the guys say you stole my money. You lied to us. What? <laughs> no, he didn't. Yes, he did. You're kidding me. No, I'm not. I, I uh, said, there w- were no street numbers. Well, just, what did they use back then? Give me what they use. I said, why, why does he, no, wa-
0: why does he, I, I don't understand his fixation on, like, knowing, like, an address. Like, <laughs> What's like the po- he's like, what what was is, he send him a postcard? Uh, what, what the fuck is he talking
1: about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, you have to educate we we if you're doing this kind of research, yeah. See, I don't get you, you mad too fast. Oh I got,
2: well, wow. and also his scaffolding, his ideal of the history of Iron Hill begins to fall down. It begins to crack a bit. I assume right when you start to actually describe how things were, you know, like things that you actually were able to find in records, and it's not it's not uh, reporting to his you, version. You're,
1: of you're getting into this, and this is a racial issue. I'm an accountant. He doesn't believe I can do. He thinks I'm lying. He's trying to, right. you know, de- debunk me from the beginning.
2: <laughs> right, like this is just so, a hobby or something.
1: This is just, yeah. you know, but when I actually saw him show him the documents, then he starts asking me what is crazy stuff, where are the zip codes and where are the street <laughs> numbers and, you know, where is this stuff, and 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 then he took a backup position. Which is the worst backup position you can have? Well, you have to teach us how to do it, and 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 then we're really You're like thirty five thousand dollars. Let's go back. Let's back to, I got five hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so
1: so he took the backup position. I don't want the documents. I want to know how you found the documents. I want to know how you found this church which St. Daniel's Church, it wasn't even the name on the deed. How do you know the name on the deed is St. Daniel's Church? I want to know how you know what you know. Now, now, and 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 again, we're talking years. When I did my family Genealogy, I told you went back to 1810. This took four years, okay? And it took f- four years of me developing a skill set, okay? And it... And it's a random skill set. This isn't one plus one plus two, one plus one equals two. You got to go More through. like a puzzle.
0: <laughs> you got to learn the rules first. Yeah. And once you learn the rules, then you can put the puzzle together. Then you can put the puzzle together. But you don't together. even know what the pieces look like at the beginning. Okay. Now, I know exactly because I'm just starting to tip, tip, like stick my toe in this kind of stuff. And I understand exactly what you're describing. Okay. Yeah. Um... So, so, uh, so the guy called
1: me. The, the the guy said, You stole their money, you don't know what you're doing. Goodbye. Now, it's, I've already gone through two examples of this. I've gone through the guy who said, Swedes never own slaves, so they kicked me out. Mm-hmm. And then this guy kicked me out. No zip codes, you didn't know. The zip okay, codes. and then I got kicked out a third time. And, and again, it's back to. All I want to do is do research, but somehow I'm getting kicked, okay? Um, Cooch's Bridge is a major research project. The Cooch House has just been turned over to uh, the state of Delaware, and a lot of research has been going on over there, and a lot of guarantees have been going on over there as to how they are going to exhibit, you know, uh, the history of the Cooch House, and they have promised to exhibit exhibit not only uh, the Battle of Cooch's Bridge, which is the piece of history that's over there, but they will also talk about the history of free blacks and enslaved blacks and indigenous people, okay? Uh, there are certain folks who don't want the history over there uncovered for reasons that I don't want to go into,
0: I can, we can probably guess. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, good. Yeah, mm. so like on the census, they had people that they were naming. It was like small boy eight. Kind of. We know. Uh, yeah. Well, we know what their problem is.
1: They don't want me getting into that. So historical and cultural affairs said, let me tell you what. We'll give you $10,000 to go back to Iron Hill. <laughs> okay. Uh, all so right. Go fight them. <laughs> it's called the long so, game.
0: <laughs>
1: so I have a purchase order. a a consulting contract, okay, for $10,000 for doing the kind of research that we're talking about, the original inhabitants of of Iron Hill. Somebody, I think, called up the folks at Iron Hill and said, "Sill's going to come over and do some research. And they said, we've already done the research. So wait a minute. I thought Sill had done some research before. So we kicked him out of here. And, and again, let's go back to what, what actually happened over there. There was the Iron Hill School, which was part of the uh, Iron Hill School and American Academy of Sciences or something like that. And they built another building over the last few years in the back. But it used to be all one. And, 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 and through lots of uh, people you couldn't get along with, there are no black folks in the Iron Hill Museum Historical Society. No black folks over there. And they're running a black school, okay? Which shows you they're tough to get along with. Anyway, I'm waiting for the Historical and Cultural Affairs to call me up and give me a a, a direction as to what outcome. I don't want to get to... Uh, yeah, I don't want to talk about streets and, and and signal lights and stop signs. <laughs> I don't want to get... Tell me... Tell me what your expectation is so that I can direct my research in that way. And the guy in charge of historical and culture affairs never called me back for eight months. So I'm sitting there with a P.O. and, and nothing else. The folks at Iron Hill then called me up and said, uh, we're doing this walking tra- African-American history walking trail. We're going to send you the plaques and see what you think of them. And I said immediately, you got paid to do this. You want me to check it. Okay, for free. We're back to this free issue. So I said, you know, count me out. They didn't count me really out because they left my name on one of the plaques. (laughs) So so if you actually saw the walking trail, my name is over there as a contributor because they took all... I have always shared my stuff with them. So they, you know, use my stuff that, that they wanted to use and then created the the uh african-american walking trail the african-american walking trail that they did and and i have all the plaques i don't know whether you've seen them or not it talks about the attack on fort sumter and you go when did that happen in delaware <laughs> with, with, with who who attacked fort, fort sumter here and it he goes through some historic events irrelevant irrelevant yeah irrelevant but they had to put in you got to put in the civil if you're doing history you got to do the civil war and you got to do this and and then they brought in some friendly black folks if i may say so and they put their history in and the history the families that they should have put in they they left out because they couldn't get them to cooperate so we we end up with this reality of of i mean and and again this is the reality of the situation, you want to get paid. Let me tell we're working on that too. We'll yeah. <laughs> well, that's an issue.
0: Yeah. And then big you want
1: issue. and then you want to get the history right. Okay. And then you want everybody to get along. And you especially don't want to get your ass kicked in the middle of this thing, which is very which is critical.
0: If you need any please. I mean, if you need any muscle <laughs> <laughs> Carl's Carl's worthless. <laughs> Bill and I Come on. Bill and I can take care of it. <laughs>
2: Um, Wait, and so I just want to put a fine point on this. So the, they, the state, I assume, asked you to help out with the trail plaques after they have not responded to you for eight months plus on the previous contractual arrangement that they had, right? They just sort of ignored it?
1: No, the or, that, the, the um, Iron Hill Museum is a non-profit. Okay, so two separate. Okay, but, but two still separate entities. Okay. I was supposedly working for the state, but I think the state got wind of me trying to impose myself on someone else's turf. It's back it's back they didn't want me in Cooch's Bridge and now they don't want me in Iron Hill either. Right. Okay. And and this is a is this is a reality check, a turf war thing where where again I and and if you talk to the folk folks at uh, Iron Hill, they say we have anthropology degrees from University of Delaware. And so I have to say, I have to bow down and say, oh, "Well, that's that takes care of
0: that." Do <laughs> so you know what you just got? You got owned by credentials. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I guess, uh, I guess
1: you have summed everything up. I yeah, got, yeah, I mean, I guess I Hal no really hit on to, something
0: today, saying this. Else and, to say. And I, and I, and I guess people just get into they're like high on their own supply, Whew. and they think they know. And again, I don't understand – you brought up a good a, a point, and maybe we'll kind of close on this to talk about the, the history that we're trying to do. The history that we're trying to do would absolutely laugh at – or actually I should say this. The history we're trying to do is trying to counteract the idea that because you're doing a history trail about African-American history that you mention the attack at Fort Sumter. That's stupid. Um, I don't care, like if, if if Lincoln was mentioned, I don't care. I, I I'm a kind of a fan of Lincoln. I, I have no problems with Lincoln, but I just don't think it's uh, relevant to the sure. point we're trying to make. Sure, I want to know how these people lived. Sure, Absolutely. who worked at, who worked at the who worked at the iron mill oh, mine, who worked at who wh- what were the markets like, how many people were there, what like I I want to know that, and I think until you know that, you can't get anywhere. Let me stop you there and go back to
1: the point that you made about Welsh Track. The folks at Welsh Track, on Welsh Track Road, if you know where it is, at the Welsh Track Church over there. Thank
0: God they have a road name so we can identify <laughs> where it is. Yeah. <laughs> How do <did> we know? <laughs> <laughs> we're we got a zip
2: code and, like, the dash four digits <laughs> afterwards now. So they're, they're legit. That's a legit tract. They
1: were slave owners. Okay. So, depending upon how you do your research, okay, you can find out from tax records who owned the slaves, who manumitted the slaves, and when they got free. This, again, is research that hasn't been done because no one was in it. Don't Do not tell us that all the schools around Iron Hill are named after former slave owners from the community. Don't tell us that.
2: Don't search the name Cooch. Please. <laughs> no, don't. don't uh, right.
1: There's some other names and
0: some others.
2: Yeah. Th- yeah.
1: There's some <laughs> junior high schools. Um, to be unnamed.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, when we were when we were reading the the, the Esso book, uh, she was she went through a lot of those documents, and she would tell take out particular ones of interest and sort of describe. Uh, the manumission process, what was on the manumission paperwork, and then sort of a little bit of context around it. And once in a while, you'd see some names, you'd be like, "Choo, I recognize that last name." And and sure. again, I I'm someone who, and I think I had I, we, we rec- I recognize one name, and I had a conversation with somebody about it, and I said, "You know, that that's not like, it's not your." personal responsibility because, like, you weren't there. There's nothing you can do about it. But it's your responsibility to reckon with it, you know, and say, okay, this is what happened. Um, there's the, the reasons that it happened are complicated. I'm going to try to figure them out and understand the impact that that made over time in how we arrived at the place that we are. Like, you don't have – I feel like everybody feels like they have to – that they're immediately going to get – you walk into Iron Hill and people want to fight because you tell them, like, bro, this is how it is. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. And they, they, they just they freak out. Um, like, it just is what it is. Sure. And we're not going to make it. we're not going to we're not going to tell any good stories that are productive at all that move the ball anywhere until we can just start reckoning with the actual things that happened.
1: Well, let me stop you there, okay? Because this is what's happening in the country as we get to this new word called critical race theory, which no one even knows what it is. It's really folks saying, "I don't want to know that history." I mean, they didn't they didn't want to know the history before. They didn't want the history research before. And now that it can be done and folks really want to want to want to do that research, they say, stop, wait a minute.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's almost like there's a perspective by some historians like they want to just trap it in amber. Like, that's where we're going to end. And just maybe to bring this full circle, I wanted to read. So Paul Robeson in Philadelphia, which I believe is where he died. There's a plaque out in front of the house. I think it's in West Philly, like 41st and Walnut Street. So tell me which sentence kind of pricks your ears up here. So this is uh, Paul Robeson, 1898 to 1976, a Rutgers athlete and Columbia Law graduate. Robeson won uh, renown as a singer and actor. He was a noted interpreter of Negro spirituals. His career suffered because of his political activism, and he lived his last last years here in retirement. So I guess it's more it's that that first phrase of the last sentence, but his career suffered because of his political activism that passes over decades of material oh, that describes his biography. Incredible. And I understand these signs have to be rather short or whatever, but that is, I mean, doesn't that sort of just, like, it casts his legacy as, like, sort of in, like, a negative light rather than the sort of, like, more detailed it, canvas that it was?
1: He had some tough last years. That yeah. was That was actually his sister's house. He, oh, he, okay. He ended up living with his sister, and he, and he went into deep depression... And, and 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 literally lost his mind. Okay, so uh, his sister was basically his nurse, probably for the last eight or ten years, and she ended up, you know, uh, taking care of him in that house in, in in Philadelphia. Any
2: speculation if it was like football related? <laughs> okay, I mean, any any anything <laughs> early gonna, case of C T. Could anything could have happened? No helmet.
1: Uh, but he had been been. Tarnished so much at that stage of the game, uh, and he continued to fight, uh, but then he he began to lose it. You know, too many too many hits in the head or, or concussions or whatever, uh, and he basically disappeared. Uh, and in terms of, of uh, my analysis, and this is the kind of analysis analysis that has to be done, you say, okay, Paul Robeson was in in Russia. Where was Martin Luther King? Well, Martin Luther King was in jail, and you go, wait a minute, they both were interested. They both were concerned with civil rights and race and racism. Uh, Robeson, you know, took the route of communism. Uh, 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 Martin Luther King had bus boycotts and the, and the Edmund Pettus Bridge and voters' right and. You know, got hit in the head, got stabbed in the heart with a knife, got shot in the head, and and you begin to parallel these guys, <laughs> okay? Because this is this is real history, okay? You begin to parallel uh, do comparisons between the lives of of, of uh, Martin Luther King and Robeson to to uh, figure to come up with truth. You you're, you're trying to dig. The truth out of this, and only by beating stuff up against—it's like beating two rocks up against each other—that that that the truth will fall out. And so we see Martin Luther King in in the civil rights movement, and and we see uh, a Robeson saying, "I'm out of here." Okay? Yeah, I mean,
0: I I would say my my response to that was, you know, everybody's every individual is going to come at it, you know, in a different way. I mean, yeah, Robson came from a back, a different background, and and a little bit of a different time. I mean, I think he was he was a little bit older, uh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, but but you're right. It's like <clears throat> what it 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 does it it does inform us in a way about like what what might be more productive, sure. In and in, in sort of like an activism, like you were saying, comparing a political activism of somebody like Robson uh, or. <clears throat> Uh, other other sort of entertainer types, maybe like Harry Belafonte or sure. or, yeah. or Colin Kaepernick, you know, or sure. somebody like sure. that. Yeah. With someone who is not Jackie Robinson, <coughs> though. Jackie Robinson <laughs> no, did, does not come out looking. Well, good. no, only in the <laughs> I just
2: found this out today. So otherwise, a, a true hero, I thought, a, a true American hero. But he did sort of he this, had a heel turn, right? This
1: again is this beating two rocks together. Everyone came out against Robson. Jackie Robinson, uh, Sugar Ray Robinson, uh, 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 A. Philip Randolph, yep. they all came on, out on the record yep. because they didn't want the African American community to be put in this box of being anti American and communist. And they said, We got Robson has put us in this box. If we go into this anti American uh, uh, communist box, we're going to get destroyed. And there was a guy who was the um the the tattletale whatever that word should snitch. mean. Snitch.
0: his snitch. Just, went, by the it, way, this is another one of the this is uh this is bunker rule one hundred and seventeen. Snitches get stitches. <laughs>
1: He was he was the one who 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 said I used to be a member of the Communist Party and I know uh, Paul Robeson's a member because I was a member and they didn't want to bring his name out because he was an important pawn of them but I can definitely say Paul Robeson was a communist. Well, five years later he said the NAACP is full of communists and and Roy Wilkins went absolutely nuts again <laughs> and and. This guy was discredited in terms of smearing the NAACP with this brush of communism, but it was a concern. And and again, in uh, Paul Robeson's wife's articles, okay, she she goes into uh, this this thing about you know the smearing of of the race that this is that that uh, and she she took. These folks one 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 at a time uh, Walter White who was head of the NAACP before uh, Roy Wilkins and she took him to task okay and she said you know you guys are just just uh, you're not speaking the truth and 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 again in the, in the article uh, again which I have and, and I'll share with you she she said uh, if you're being paid by anybody you cannot speak the truth. And Paul Robeson can speak the truth because he's not being paid by anybody, and so that's why you folks are trying to get out in front of this thing and say, "Oh no, com- you know, communism? No, no communism. Oh no, you know, no anti-American because these folks were. This was the McCarthy era.
0: <laughs> I mean, this yeah. Was- I mean, they, they do. You you see. I mean, you see the same thing um, today." In some fashion, you know, it's always a little bit different, but you sure? but you see the same thing, for example, with um, Ilhan Omar in the, in the House or whatever. Sure. you know. And so, yeah, it's just something you, you know, we're going to have to figure out ways, uh, strategic ways around it if we want to, you know, further a, a real active left political project. You know, because, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that the NAACP or A... I mean... A Philip Randolph is a, is a is a labor organizer, uh, who would have, from an economic standpoint, would have sort of solidarity with the with a leftist political idea. Sure. But you know, in that in that context, um, you know, there's certain certain ways to do it. Um, but let let me do this. Let me close today by um, sort of explaining something that we're working on. If you guys like this kind of history. Um, well, actually, I don't care if you like it. Even if you're the guy at the Iron Hill and they don't like it, uh, we're going to start telling more of these stories. We're going to make um, we 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 are have been uh, blessed to uh, have a lot of Sills material now. Uh, we are also trying talking about getting paid. Uh, we we have a couple of uh, we have a grant application out um, to start researching um, some Delaware history stories. Not. We didn't really talk about any of them tonight, but um, that are going to be along these lines. Um, They're going to be very good. Um, Sill will probably um, have a hand in some of them. Um, Ivan Henderson at the Delaware Historical Society will have a hand in some of them. Um, Dale Norwood will have a hand in some of them. Um, But they're going to be they're they're going to be uh, excellent pieces of of historical sort of journalism and documentary in the, in the podcast space. Um, so look for those, and look for a YouTube channel coming soon that will host all of this work. One-stop shop. You want to see uh, Sil talk about Robeson? It'll be there. You want to see Carl, Bill, and I talk about, uh, you know, the the, 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 the Dutch, cannonball. the, the candidate I was going to say the Dutch settlement in, Sw- in uh, Zwanendale. In Lewis. Oh, yeah uh we'll we'll do that but um but yeah until then um you could pay us uh five dollars <laughs> a month at patreon.com the highlands bunker that would be really great because you would help us continue this work not only history work but journalism but news talking to all kinds of people around the state etc patreon.com the Highlands bunker give it up for us um. Sil, thanks for coming in again. It's so great. Uh, Pleasure we'll to be, be t- here. We'll be talking more, Bill. Tomorrow, what do you think about going? You want to go to the? Uh, want to go to the uh, McCall trial with me tomorrow? Go sit with Lex. Ooh,
2: I would love to. Actually,
0: we're going. We're, I think we're going to go. We'll talk about okay. it. Okay. Carl, cool. thank you for everything you do. Uh, we'll be talking about this and more uh, on your next great episode of Pound's Bucket Podcast. Left is best.